Coming up, award show, National League edition. Has Zach Gallen done enough to overtake Sandy Alcantara in the NL Cy Young Award race? Should Jake McCarthy be higher than three in the NL Rookie of the Year voting? And handing out the rest of the awards with Sully Baseball on today's Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Lockdown Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. We're also on YouTube, so check us out on Locked On Diamondbacks on there as well. We're on all your podcasting platforms. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. As I mentioned on today's pod, we are doing our National League Award Show with Sully Baseball. So let's jump right into it. Okay. The American League Rookie of the Year, I think, is pretty cut and dry. Um, uh, I, I, in Julio Rodriguez, what he's done, um, you know, I mean, there, he's just been such, I mean, Adley Rutschman. Mm-hmm. It's been a great addition to the Orioles. Uh, George Kirby's done a fine job with Seattle, but the Mariners' season turned around when Rodriguez showed up. They're a different team with him. And in fact, there any uh, forecast of Seattle's chances in the postseason rests solely on Julio Rodriguez's shoulders. He's already become that type of a player. Uh, and I think that he, for me, he is just, I think he's maybe the unanimous uh, rookie of the year in the American League. Yeah, I think it's more of a conversation for who should be runner-up in third in the American League voting because I had a tough time figuring out who should be decided after Julio because I think it's run away with Julio mm-hmm. near 30-30 season, all-star, put up a phenomenal show in the home run derby. It's just been a fantastic season from start to finish uh, from Julio Rodriguez. But for like runner-up, I got maybe a Joe Ryan from the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. He's had a very phenomenal, maybe not phenomenal, but a very good He's season. He's a solid, play, solid yeah. player, solid, solid rookie hit. Yeah, Yeah, solid rookie year. Bobby Wood Jr., not a great Royals team, but he had a near 30-30 season. Just solid numbers across the board. Even got like George Kirby. Not a ton of innings pitched, but still very solid numbers across the board. So there was a lot of good rookies in the American League. Maybe not great rookies like Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, and there was only one great one. Um, Manager of the year. This is an interesting one Mm -hmm. because um, – tell me who you think the manager of the year is because I have – I think I know I, who you I, might pick. I have two choices, but uh, tell me, I have one. I have one winner, uh, but both my one and two are former manager of the years. Yeah, I'll tell you who I think it is, and I'll tell you who I think you're going to pick. I okay. think the Scott Service. Is that how you say his last name? Service. Yeah, Service. Yep. Service, yeah, of the Seattle Mariners. Just because if you're the manager of the team that breaks the drought for longest playoff drought in sports 
history. I think you just have to win manager of the year. I think it just has to be a given. So there's not even a lot of analysis there. He broke the playoff drought. You're getting mm-hmm. the award, dude. But I think for you, Sully, I think you're going to go with the former Red Sox great Tito of the Cleveland Guardians to win manager of the year because he's had a great season. The Guardians have been won that division in a while. He's dealt with health issues the last couple of years. He's come back strong this year. He's been there the whole season. And it could be his final year because of those health issues. So I think for all those reasons, you're picking Tito. Um, I almost picked Dusty because this is Dusty's team. And they lost Correa. They were, you know, this is a team that people were thinking was probably maybe on the way down. And they had a 100-win season. Now, Dusty's won the manager of the year several times. Uh, this is now Dusty's team. This is no longer they inserted Dusty into it because of the the S storm that happened post uh, trash can gate. This is his team now. Um, and I think he's done a fabulous job. But it has to be Francona for this reason. Oh, this, this is a team. They're, they're a 90-win team. This is a legit playoff team. They are not only younger than any team in baseball. They have younger than any team in AAA. This is a bunch of young kids. This is a bottom five payroll team. You know, they're paid like they're the Marlins or the Pirates. Mm. And if you take a look at this team, the way that they were put in a situation that the, the day before Labor Day, Minnesota caught them. And so they looked at and said, oh, man, we have the rest of the month we are neck and neck with Minnesota and Chicago only a game or so behind. And what did they do? They kicked the snot out of everybody. The, they played nine games against the Twins and won eight of them. They smacked around the White Sox. They ran away with the division. And the fact that he got that young team to believe in itself, to face that adversity, and to do so without an MVP candidate, without a Cy Young candidate, with just a bunch of young kids running first or third, and you have you have the former Cy Young Award winner Shane Bieber had a terrific second half. You had the all-star Jose Ramirez is still a very, very good player. But you got the Steven Kwans and the Ahmed Rosarios and the, you know, and uh, the Jimenez's and the Ramirez's mm. and the Gonzalez's of the world. I meant to say Gonzalez instead of Ramirez. Who just sort of like, you got this guy. Who is this guy? I don't know, but he went first or third on a single. And that he did that, and this team is a dangerous team going into the postseason because, A, they're healthy. B, they have the best bullpen in the American League and certainly the best closer in the American League with Class A. They will drive a team bananas with their speed, and they have a pitching that could match up well with the Yankees. I don't think the Cleveland Guardians are going to the World Series. I'm beginning to think it's going to be Houston, but – uh, the fact that he's doing all of this with this team, to me, this is Francona's award. Yeah, you got to love Tito because he's a force multiplier. He's like the Tom Brady of managers. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need elite weapons. He doesn't need elite players. He's maximizing the talent of everyone on his roster. Like you just mentioned, you go up and down the lineup. It's not a lot of elite talent there. Jose Ramirez is great. But outside of that, he's getting a lot of career seasons, a lot of rookie talent, really um, playing above maybe expectation levels that we had for them coming into the year. So Tito, it just does that. You're getting the most out of your rotation with the McKenzie's and the Shane Bieber's who we've seen be great in the past, but never over the course of a full season. So he's pushing all the right buttons and he's maximizing the talent on his roster. That's what Tito has always been able to do. And it's one of the reasons why he's going to make the Hall of Fame one day as a manager. 
Sully and I aren't done handing out awards just yet, but first I need to tell you guys about Built Bar because Built Bars are absolutely delicious. And the reason why I love Built Bar is because it tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. So it's great for that keto diet. Right now they have these things called puffs, which are Built Bars, but they're protein-infused, of course, covered in 100% real chocolate, soft and easy to chew. If you like marshmallows and a protein bar, you need to try the Puff Bars because my little sister told me it tasted like a protein peep. Who wouldn't want that? So if you want your own Built Bar or your own box or package of Built Bars, just go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKDOWN15. It'll get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCKDOWN15 for 15% off at Built.com. talk about the national league mm. um your buddy goldschmidt looked like a lock for a while um it still be and uh i you know what i i still wow. would vote for him he's still my pick but arenado and freddie freeman are both two guys who deserve a lot of uh, it, it's pretty close and i w- i could listen to arguments for nolan arenado for Freddie Freeman or for Goldschmidt. I would lean towards Goldschmidt. Um, but uh, again, I, I I don't think you can go wrong with anyone. I think none of them are having the dominating season the way judges. So they're all having MVP caliber seasons. So it just kind of leans on your own personal taste. I would go Goldschmidt, but I would have no issue if someone voted for Arenado. I, those are your top three right there. Arenado, Freeman, and Goldschmidt. And I think it's, it's Pickham. I actually don't have Arenado in my top three. It's very close, but I was like, if I'm going to have, I, I felt like I couldn't have two players from the same team in my top three, even though for war, I do believe Goldschmidt and Arenado actually tied for war. But I do feel like Arenado, uh, I do feel like Goldie has had a slightly more well-rounded mm-hmm. offensive season. At one point, we felt like he was going to win the Triple Crown. Obviously, he's not. Freddie Freeman quietly has 13 stolen bases this year. He's double-digit steals, which is just amazing for a guy who's in his early 30s and more of a lumber jack kind of a dude more of a plotter on the bases than a speedster but another dude who i have in my top three i still have manny machado in my top three he still has a fantastic stat line i know juan soto's there now but he had to carry that offense so much throughout the season it looks like the padres are gonna make the postseason they were able to kind of really lock in on that second wild card spot and kind of pull away as the phillies were starting to come back to the pack and i think when you look at that offense manny machado has been the driving force the whole year and i, I can't put freddie freeman as high as one or two just because he's on the dodgers that team is so stacked i just feel bad giving a a guy an mvp award to a team that's full of mvps i just feel like that kind of goes against the spirit of the award a little bit in my opinion so that's why i'll put guys like machado and goldschmidt ahead of freddie freeman all fair all fair this is this one uh one that i don't think there's any uh uh discussion on the only discussion i have is the middle finger i'm going to give to the organization he plays for Uh, the Marlins have Sandy Alcantara, who mm-hmm. should be the unanimous Cy Young Award winner. I mean, are we, we, we're safe with that one? We're saying he's Cy Young, but actually looking throughout the stats again, it's a little bit closer. It, it, he's come back to the pack a little bit. The stats oh, might be a little bit closer than you think. Oh, please. Oh, please. Okay. The innings pitch oh. he's killed, but the, the, he's not running away with overall oh, stats. Who else you got? Who else you got? 
I mean, Zach Gallen, he's going to be in there. Who nah, is okay, you got to sneak in the diamond back. Who else? Who else? You got to bring Max in uh, Madison, nice Madison Bumgarner. You got to make give him a I mean, Zach Gallen only had one of the longest uh, scoreless streaks of all time in Major League history. 44 and a third. We went over a month without seeing Zach Gallen give up an earned run, Sully. That's got to matter for something. Year. He also leads the league in whip and hits per nine, and he's also top five in strikeouts. He's he's gonna be top three in every stat, so he's sure, gonna be number top two, three, number two, top three. Number Sandy's two definitely three. it. I'm not saying Sandy's not it, but he's a little bit closer than what we once thought. Maybe he shouldn't be unanimous. Maybe you give one vote to somebody else, just so it's like a 99 percent share for Sandy. That's my only point. The thing that makes oh. me angry is that the Marlins are gonna sit him. He's he's done, and he has one more start, and it's against Atlanta. And nope. that could mean something that could mean the difference between Atlanta going to the division series or having to play in the wildcard series. And look at, if you clinch, like if you're Cleveland, you're New York, you're Seattle, you could do whatever you want. You've earned the right to sit or do anything you want. But if you, if you are having a meaningless game for your team, but it could have meaning to the pennant race and the actual, how you're going to unfold the postseason then you've got to play your best players for the integrity of the game. I just, I, I have no the integrity. Well, you know, it's like, Oh, the, the Marlins are not going to throw their Cy Young award winner. Why? Well, we want to give them one day extra rest. And that could be the difference between the, you know, if, if the Braves and the Mets are tied going into the last game of the season, and that's the difference between the Mets going to the division series or the Mets having to burn DeGrom and Scherzer in the in a wild card series. I'm sorry, you gotta throw your best pitcher. What if they're doing it to evaluate one of their own young starters? What if they're oh, throwing stop it. Sanchez stop out it. There? This is <laughs> not spring <laughs> training. No, we can't see you one. You got a Cy Young. He pitched this week. He well, pitched great against Milwaukee. Milwaukee won the game, but he threw a complete game. They had to beat him. They had to beat their best. Now, if Atlanta beats Alcantara, then you tip your hat to the Braves. Say, hey. You pit, you put your best on, you beat them. But if you don't play your best, what to give them three days extra rest? Maybe they're before protecting, the off season. Maybe they're protecting Sandy's Cy Young candidacy and making sure oh. he's not giving up eight runs and two oh, innings. Because Zach Gallen's right yeah. on his heels. Exactly. All of a sudden, Zach Gallen's taking over in the Cy Young race because you have a terrible start against the Braves and now your ERA is blown up. I see what you're doing, Miami Marlins. You see Zach Gallen's coming for you and you're trying to slow down that train. Very respectable, Miami. All right, I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad. Okay, let's move right on. Uh, right. The one thing that's absolutely a given, the National Rookie of the Year is going to be a member of the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. Uh, the only question is, will it be Michael Harris or will it be Spencer Strider? Yep. I think either one is fine. They're mm -hmm. both, they both have one. I, I would personally give it to Strider because I, you know, what he has done to give the Atlanta Braves pitching staff a, an extra amount of depth, especially with some of the injuries they've had to their bullpen to have that extra depth of their rotation, I think is one of the reasons why they're going to be a hundred win team. Um, and maybe win the division, maybe repeat as World Series champions. Uh, but Michael Harris, the second, much better than the first, uh, is uh, been a great player. And so I think either one of them, I'm fine with either one of them.
Yeah, I'll probably lean Strider because he has over 200 strikeouts and like 130 innings pitch. Like yeah. this guy could potentially be the next 300K strikeout guy in a season. He set the Braves, I think, franchise record for strikeouts in a single game because I think he has 17 strikeouts in one game earlier this year. Michael Harris has been phenomenal as well this season, but I'll mm-hmm. give to Spencer Strider. But once again, Sully, I think the real thing that you're watching out for in this race is who's going to finish third. I think third in the rookie of the year voting is actually going to go to another diamond back, another top three award guy, Jake McCarthy, who's batting over 290 above 800 OPS with 20 plus stolen bases and like only a hundred games this year. Jake McCarthy deserves third in the NL rookie of the year voting. I have, I have no problem with that. All right. There you um, go. Now let's go to the manager of the year. Cause Ooh. right up until recently, I thought this was a lock for Buck Showalter. Mm-hmm. especially when he had him in first place without DeGrom and Scherzer. Now he has him not in first place with DeGrom and Scherzer. Um, I, you know, I mean, look, they're going to win a hundred some odd games. I assume, uh, I assume they're going to, you know, break a hundred wins. Um, but who else do you pick on that? I mean, the, you could go Bob Melvin like, who could win, the manager of the year with his third different team, when you consider the injuries and the suspensions on that club and that they'll, you know, that they'll going to make the playoffs. Um, uh, Do you give any love to Dave Roberts as the 110 win Dodger team? No, No, none for him. Not when you have 10. Um, No. All right. Well then, then I'll tell you who I'm giving it to then. Uh Oh, Um, I'm going to give it to Snitker. Hmm. You know, I mean, they got off to the the clumsy start, and uh, you know he has them. They they were dead in the water, and uh, you know he's already won a manager of the year. But uh, you know, this is a uh, this is going to be his greatest regular season, whether they win the division or not. He already has the most of, of any uh, regular season victories, and uh, you know, I, I, I lean towards him. I can't hate that. I'm going to put Snickers second on my list because I'm going to go with the guy who you mentioned to start off and Buck Showalter just because he turned around a cursed franchise. There's been a lot of years we come into a season with expectations for the Mets and usually they go nowhere near those expectations. But Buck Showalter was able to possibly exceed those expectations so far, at least through the regular season, a revolving door of players throughout the year, a lot of injuries in that lineup and rotation. So I felt like he's done a great job managing that team. I will have Brian Snicker um, second on my list. He's been phenomenal. The Braves have that slow start, able to turn it around. Now they might win the division, but they were already a pretty good team last year. I mean, they're they're the reigning World Series champion. I was going to say, go, go out on a limb yeah. there. They were a pretty yeah. good team. They won the World Series. Yeah, and there were some question marks coming into the year with the whole Freddie Freeman, and they trade for Matt Olson and then Ronald Acuna. There's always, like, weird stuff with him and the team, it seems like. So there was some question marks and some controversy they didn't miss the beat so they look phenomenal i think third on my list i actually got a guy first year manager this season he's took over for a guy who probably shouldn't have even been fired last year after winning 90 games with his team but oliver marmol why not give him third in the manager of the year voting for the st louis cardinals they won the division i mean if you're gonna bring in a new manager your team won more games and you clinched the division i mean what more could you have wanted as the cardinals franchise from your new manager so they need to get them love and I will just say, I, I'm giving some love to Dave Roberts mm-hmm. because it's one thing to have a huge budget and tons of expectations. It's another thing to meet him. It's another thing to be given all this 
where you know you have to be brilliant or you're a failure. He's won over 110 games with his club. It's the greatest regular season in the history of the Dodgers. So sometimes when we've seen so many times there have been teams that are big budgeted, they're filled with stars, that they fall short. How about giving credit when someone doesn't fall short? You know? Now, again, Cohen Brothers rule. Dave Roberts has already won the manager of the year. So I can't sit here and go like, it's, it's you know, it's unfair. No, it, I understand why you wouldn't. Well, he's supposed to do that. He's supposed to do that. Well, guess what? He did. He was supposed to, and he did. And in the last, in the last uh, five full seasons, not counting the COVID years, his last five full seasons, his team has won 104 or more games every year, except for one. And then, of course, the COVID year, they won the World Series. Yeah. So I, I have no compunction saying that I think that he deserves credit for saying, hey, we put this team, what are you going to do? I don't know, give you the best team you ever saw. So I, I don't think, you know, I've seen plenty of times where there have been teams that are, oh, this is a super team that, this is a super team this, that fall on their face. And they lost Walker Bueller. They lost Tony Gonsolin. And they were in a division with another legit playoff team with the Padres who are going to make the playoffs, and it's not even close. So yeah, give, you got to give a little bit of love for that. We could give him a little bit of love. We could. I, I don't. Let's not give him too much love because All look, right. he's he's had the super team for a while now. Maybe if it was his first year building this super team, you added all these players in the offseason, but it's been a bit, it's been a pretty consistent super team for a while there now. So I'm not all too right. surprised that they won another hundred plus games in the season. All right. We've gone way over here. I've given us too much love. So Miller Thomas, tell people where people could follow your podcast. Follow me on Twitter. I career Thomas 24 for my personal account. Look up locked on Dimebacks on Twitter and Instagram. We're on YouTube locked on Dimebacks on there as well. And of course, we're on all your podcasting platforms. You can follow us at Sully baseball on Twitter, so baseball podcast on Instagram, and the show is at Lockdown MLB Pods, both Twitter and Instagram. Yelling at each other, disagreeing, and giving Roger Maris's son a break. This has been the Lockdown MLB Lockdown Diamondbacks crossover for the third day of October 2022. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. That's Miller Thomas. Call me son. Let's fist pump. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who came on today's pod which was Sully Baseball, so shout out Sully Baseball. Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. Go make your second listen of the day, Lockdown MLB with our pal Sully Baseball, who you heard on today's podcast. He does a great job over there. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. It's the end of the year, so we'll definitely be handing out some D-backs team awards pretty soon this week, so come back and check out that podcast. As always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces.